Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. I want us to start by asking this question. What do you feel is missing in your life with God? What do you feel is missing in your life with God? And today we're, we're having more of a spontaneous service, a spontaneous message. We're not going to be going off of our Making Money Moves ser- uh, series. Today we're going to be talking about in His presence. In His presence. Look at your neighbor and say, in His presence. You know, it's funny about making this, this message. I actually prepared this whole message uh, with the title being In The Presence. In The Presence. I made all the slides, all the points with the graphics saying In The Presence. But I really felt torn by the end of it, and I changed everything to His Presence because I feel like just that little critique, that little detail, that two millimeter shift to the side was, was God wanting us to know how personal His Presence is. That's not just this the presence, like the God, but it's your God. It's Him. It's His presence. It's so personal. It's so real. It's so tangible. And out of every human being on the planet that has ever existed, God sees you. And He wants you to not look at Him as the God of all the universe and all the galaxies, that the creator of everything, but that He wants you to look at Him as one. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And... We're going to look at his presence and starting off, I want to share a scripture in Acts chapter 12, verse one through five. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with the sword. When Herod, when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads, of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But, someone say but. But. It's the only time you can say but in church. (laughs) But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. So just before, as a preface to his presence, I want us to think about that last sentence. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. And this convicted me. This, this one part right here convicted my heart. Because when is the last time you prayed for anything earnestly? Other than to pay your bills, right? <laughs> when is the last time you prayed for someone else so earnestly? It's where you guys are getting together and praying for somebody. When's the last time we've done that? When's the last time you've done that? See, our hearts have grown so hard and we have lost the zeal to see God move in powerful ways. We're not really looking for God to, to release Peter from prison. We're not looking for God to really release anyone from addiction. We're not really looking for God to release anyone from infirmity. We're not earnestly praying for anything like that. Our prayers are mostly just these pretty prayers. God, move in our hearts today. Be with me. I know what I'm talking about, right? So 
One thing about praying for His presence is that when His presence shows up, it changes things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anyone here ever experienced God's presence in your life even just one time? All right. I was thinking about God's presence, and for me, that's what brought me to Christ. It's the moments I started to think about God, and I'd feel God's presence. Before I even opened a scripture or a Bible, I started feeling it. I started feeling this calling, uh, and it was just like God's presence beckoning me to spend this, this some, something in that time with God. And the more I spent in the presence of God, the more my heart was changed. And I feel like for me personally, it, once you are a Christian for so long, once you've been going to church for so long, you start to forget about the simple presence of God. And you get so stuck into the, the theological things of God, the doctrinal things of God, the community aspects of God. We, we, get so many, we get so churched out that we forget about the simple presence and power of God. Wouldn't you guys agree? So let's first look about how powerful it is when you're alone in God's presence. When alone. Some say, when I'm alone. When I'm alone. Everyone has moments where we're alone. Moments where you're crying out to God and no one else knows that you're crying out to God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The moments you're crying in your car and then someone calls you and you just act like you weren't crying. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. I just, I'm allergies. <laughs> Let's see what happens to Peter. It says, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Stopping right there for a second. One thing that the presence of God does is it gives you peace in the midst of chaos. It gives you peace even when you're in bondage. He, th picture this. Peter is chained up. The next day he's about to go to trial. They just killed James publicly without even a trial. Now, he's just, it already is known that Peter's going to die the next day. And this dude is asleep, taking a nap. It says that he's in chains. Have you ever sat comfortably in a, in a bus chair or any kind of chair and falling asleep well. This dude is chained up, guards around him to where if he even moves the wrong way, they're going to smack him. This dude's just peacefully asleep. See, when you're in the presence of God, it doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in, is that if the presence of God just beckons peace in your life. And no matter what you're going through, you can still have peace. That's how powerful the presence of God, where this dude Peter on his death row sentence, doesn't even, isn't even concerned about death, isn't concerned about what is going on around him, he has peace. And it says, Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. Then angel, the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And so he did. Now get on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. Let's stop right there. What else do we see is that the chains just fell off his wrists. See, when the presence of God shows up, it, it, you don't even have to work for your freedom. You don't even have to work for a change in your situation. It'll just fall off of you. It just changes things. And we've gotten so... Meth what's the word? Meth methodical? Methodical? That's a good word, right? <laughs> We've gotten so methodical to where we have to, we, we think that we have to go through all these steps to get freedom in our lives. It was like, well, 
First, I need to address the root of the problem. I got to go back to my childhood. And then I got to see what situation made me feel this way. And, and we get so methodical to where we break down every little part. But the truth is the presence of God is so powerful that it is able to just break those chains off of your life when it shows up. It's able to really bring freedom right then and there. And when do we really see this? When we first come to Christ. When you first come to Christ, wasn't it more of like an instant that you just felt changed? It's a moment that your heart was just like, whoa, this is different. And you didn't need to be talked through anything. You just, it's like you just knew in your heart that God was there. You knew it. That's how powerful the presence is that you don't even need understanding of it. You don't need to fight against it. You don't need to fight for yourself. The presence of God will just make the chains fall off. And it says, so Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't even realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it, this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true. You ever thought that? Like God was really speaking to me. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod, from the Jewish leaders that he planned, what they had planned to do to me. See, one thing that is so amazing about the presence of God is that it gives us peace, it gives us freedom, and it gives us direction on how to get away from that situation. How to get away from whatever was keeping you in bondage. It gives you direction to where, not only to get out of something, but where to go to. Not just to leave, but where you're going next. And so often, we have this direction from God, and we don't even realize that God is speaking to us. And we're second-guessing every little step along the way. God, is this really you? Well, let me just be frank. I'll speak for myself. I'm not that smart to think, <laughs> think about that kind of good of a direction. And not to be mean, but I don't think you are either. God is just speaking to you, and he's giving you direction, but we don't even realize it. We don't even realize that God is really cares about you that much that he'll just speak to you, that he'll direct you. That, not, that peace wasn't just the AC turning on at the right time. That the peace was actually God giving you assurance. That the freedom you felt wasn't just a trick of your mind to where you just didn't feel it at the time. No, God was really giving you freedom. But we have so much doubts and we don't realize how powerful the presence of God is that we neglect and stifle the presence when it's right there in front of us, leading us. Don't y'all think that the presence of God is powerful? See, that's, that's just us on our own. When you're alone, the presence of God is so powerful to just take you out of situations like that. Whatever situation it is for you, God's <laughs> presence is able to take you out of it. But one thing that I, I'm sure you guys have heard that kind of message before, how powerful God's presence is when you're just alone by yourself. But have we ever realized how much more powerful it is when we're together beckoning the presence of God to come? Have you ever thought about how much more powerful it is when God's presence shows up while other people are with you? I mean, 
Is there a spot in the Bible where we can see that? We can actually look at the same exact situation in Acts chapter 16, verse 22 through 24. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them, stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. We're going to talk about when we're together in God's presence. This is a very exciting story because it starts off so bad. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you were bound up physically. I remember when I was a kid, probably like five years old, I had an older sister. Those of you who have older siblings know that your older siblings are just evil. Just, they just want to mess with you. And my sister had a sleepover, and she thought it would just, hey, you know, we got a great idea. Homer, come into the room. We want you to hang out with us. Here I am thinking, I get to be part of the crew. I get to squad up with you guys. This is awesome. Well, they thought it would be hilarious to tie my hands and feet to the bunk bed, hanging from my hands and feet. And I remember the point I realized that I couldn't move and I was subject to their every whim, I started screaming and crying. And once I started screaming loud enough, was, they, they started panicking. Like, shh, it's okay, we'll let you down. Because I knew that my mom was going to come in. And see, when your mom is about to come in the room, that would have been a really ugly situation, right? What are you doing? Tying up my boy. My precious baby boy. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> we just never could get along since. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking. We get along. And see, when we're together in God's presence, this is what happens. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Stop right there for a second. Whatever you're doing in your life, people are listening. People are watching. Especially the moment that you give your, your life to Christ. That's why water baptism is so important. When you give your life to Christ, when you get water baptized, it's a testimony to the spiritual world around you that you're making a decision for Christ. And all of a sudden, all of the, the world, all of the spiritual world stops and listens and looks at the testimony you're about to give in your life. It's powerful. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. That, let, let's stop real quick. They were singing hymns to God, and this time, the, it wasn't that an angel comes and silently escorts them out. This time, it says it shakes everything around them. See, when we... When we pray together, when we're in God's presence together, it just doesn't take us out of our situation. It changes all of our surroundings right where we're at. That In fact, we don't even have to move out of that place because God's power shows up so powerfully that it shakes everything around you. And then it says, all the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. See, before it was just giving you freedom. But when we do it together, it gives our whole community freedom. Every person around us gets freedom when we together beckon the presence of God. 
It's not just us, it changes everyone around us. They get free just from us being free. Isn't that powerful stuff? And then it says the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. See, now the positions have changed. Before, Peter was just being led out. Now God's saying, no, I'm going to switch things up. You're going to stay right there. And instead of him being in charge and you being the lowest, I'm going to flip it. Now you're going to be telling him what to do and he's going to be listening to you. Our surroundings are changed. Our communities are changed. Our positions are completely changed when we together beckon the presence of God. You know, in different parts of our own country and other countries, when the presence of God shows up corporately, what they call it is revival. And what it really is, is people collectively drawing near to God and repentance and desire to see God move in their lives and just simple worship. And God's presence shows up so powerfully that it changes that community. And there's times where it's even changed the whole nation. There's, there's different parts of our very own country where there was a revival that happened and the, the city officials started telling people to go to that place. That the, the, whole, the political leaders started going for the pastor for help. For the pastor for advice on city decisions. Could y'all imagine if San Antonio trusted me for advice? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but that's how powerful the presence of God is, that it switches the positions. There's entire countries. Did you know Ethiopia recently had this huge revival? to where even the government officials changed their laws to be biblical laws. That they were making actual legal decisions to change the way their country operates to better worship God. That's crazy. But that's how powerful the presence of God is when we all together beckon the presence of God. It changes our surroundings. It changes our communities. And it changes even the positions of our nation, of our communities, your workplace, whatever it is. And let's... Let's see really in depth what happens with the power of God. Let's see what really goes on when the power of his presence shows up. We're seeing all this physical stuff happening, but what about the personal stuff? The stuff inside. It continues on. It says the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Stop right there. The jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. See, when the presence of God shows up, it flips things like crazy. It has such a redemptive quality that it just supernaturally switches things that don't make sense. Because here, the very person that hurt them, the very things that hurt them is now bringing them healing. It doesn't make sense. The jailer who brought them pain is now bringing them healing. The things in your life, when the presence of God shows up, it is so powerful that the same family members, 
the same friends, the same substances that once hurt you are able to bring you healing. And then goes on to say, then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. See, another flip that the presence of God does because it is so powerful is that the very things that bound us become our ministry. The very things that bound us become our ministry. The things that we're telling, telling you to stop, the things that we're holding you back, the very things that you may have even been addicted to are all of a sudden becoming a ministry for you. You had addictions before. All of a sudden you have a ministry for people that has addictions. People with addictions are coming for, to you for prayer, for freedom. Only the presence of God can do something like that. And then it says, then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. We read that part. They all believed in God. The next morning, the city official sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials, just stop right there. Like, isn't that what anyone would want? Like, wow, what a perfect end to a perfect night. Let us go. All right. This is, this, this is great. Who here would hesitate at the thought of running outside of that prison? Not only is, were they about to be beaten some more or even killed, but now all the other prisoners' doors are broken, okay? You're in there with all the other inmates. But it says, Paul told them, the city officials have said you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without trial and put us in prison. And we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this and the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. <laughs> then they brought them out and they begged them to leave the city. The very thing that was holding you back is pushing you forward. The presence of God is so powerful that the things that were holding you back are pushing you forward. Now, I know that everybody here has stories. Everybody here has things in their life that they deal with. There's not one person that's exempt except someone that just hasn't been alive long enough. The very things that hold us back are able to push you forward. But what stops us from getting that point? It's the moments that we get so methodical and that we reject the simple power of the presence of God. And it, we have this flipped around still. Instead of those people begging us to, to move forward, we're, we're, we're wanting those people to beg for our forgiveness. And instead of, instead of letting our hurt bring us healing, we stop it by not forgiving the person that hurt us. Instead of letting the very things that were bound become our ministry, we run so far away from it that we never give it a chance. If, if we really have the presence of God, we see it in Scripture. I mean, is this God still alive? Our name is Gravetop Church because we believe Jesus is alive. But why is it all of our churches are acting like he's still dead? We live like God is dead. 
And then we're so surprised when the world looks at us and says, you believe in something that's not real. You believe in something that's fake. And I have personally been, I, I love talking apologetics. I, I, I can uh, logically explain to someone God and Jesus and the resurrection and how he's the only way. And can I tell you that I have not once brought anybody to Christ through logically explaining to them the power of Christ. And I've won arguments where people have told me, well, I'm going to have to think about that one. I've had people leave the conversation admitting that I was right, but that they were still not convinced. I can argue with someone all day, but the only thing that really does something is the true and real presence of God. There's so many people that are bound up with addictions. There's so many people that struggle with different things in their life. Whatever kind of pain it is, whatever kind of family member it is, whatever kind of substance it is, whatever kind of future you're afraid of, there's no counseling that can really make it all better. Nothing against counseling sessions. But I, I've seen it so powerfully that just in an instant, the presence of God is able to fix everything. And I'm not one to say, Jesus will just fix, make your life all better. I don't, I'm not saying that. But the presence of God is so real that it is able to. It doesn't mean that not every time are, are all the situations going to just fly away like butterflies. But there is something that happens on the inside. And when we do it together as a community, it changes so much more powerfully to where we don't even have to leave the situation. That's all we've been taught in church is that we just need to get saved and leave that situation. Get saved and stop talking to those people. Get saved and stop doing this. But here, when we do it together, when we actually form a bond with one another, a community, not only does it bring so much power in our lives, but it brings power in the lives of those around us. Imagine if you were so open with the church members that you come to church here with, that you were not the only person praying for your family member's salvation. If you were not the only person praying for your family member's freedom. If you're not the only person praying for the situation you're going through. That you had a, a family that was praying for you. A team of people that were praying for you. That you were locking arms with others and doing things together. How much more powerful would it be? We wouldn't just have to leave the prison. It would shake the prison to the ground. But we have to start wanting the presence of God. We have to start actually desiring the presence of God. Most churches... Everyone usually shows up late so that they don't have to participate in worship. They don't like the whole song stuff. See, see how, how confused we are? It's the very presence of God that brings so much freedom, that beckons so much change, that, that shakes the things around us. Yet, we just want the religious stuff. We just want the routine. It's the very presence of God that we are neglecting that has the power to change the situations that we're in. Has the power to change the hearts that we have. I want us to all stand up and pray. If we could turn the, these middle lights off. I want everyone here to bow your heads and close your eyes.
And before we, we enter this, this atmosphere of worship and prayer, if you're here and you need to make that first step of finding God alone, you're with other people, but maybe right now you know that your spirit needs to be connected with this presence that we're talking about. And if you're here and you need to make a decision for Jesus, make him the Lord of your life and the Savior to your soul, I want you to just lift up your hand with every eye closed and head bowed. Amen. If that was you, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Because the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that surely you shall be saved, that surely you shall enter this relationship with Him. And so if you raise your hand or if you've already given your life to Christ, pray this prayer as a reaffirmation of your faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I need your presence. I need a change in my life. Soften my heart. I need you. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me, for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Be the Lord of my life and the Savior of my soul. Don't let me be the same. Don't let me feel the same. But help me to experience your presence today. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.